What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Hey. Dynamic duo edition this week. Uh, it is quite, actually quite a news week, considering, like I said, the, the end of January is not usually a, a very robust period of news in the games industry, but there's a lot of stuff that's actually going on this week. Um, I finished Ghost of uh, Tsushima. Um, I'm actually going to platinum the game. Like, it, like I, I, I got done playing, and I was like, I don't want to stop playing this game. Like, I'm, I'm having too much fun. <laughs> I'm having too much fun being a complete fucking samurai badass going around just murking the shit out of Mongols and bandits. Yeah, man. It's uh one, it's a it's a fun platinum to get. It's not a terribly difficult platinum to get. Mm-hmm. You know, all you gotta do is play the game. Right? Pretty much. If you if you do everything that the game makers want you to do, you get a platinum. Um and it's um yeah, man, it's just a testament to that game, man. It's just really, really fun. Like I still play Legends mm-hmm. uh mode from time to time, especially now because there's not really much well, and that and that's what I got to dig into next. Like, I want to finish the platinum, um, so I can start digging into legends a little bit. Legends is fun. fun, man. It um, you know, it's your basic you know horde survival mode, but um, I don't know. There's something about it. There, it gameplay is a little more um, hectic just because you have everybody running around, mm-hmm. but you still you know it's still the same like. You're not gonna you're you're gonna die if you just hack and slash your way through. Like you have to, you have to uh, still play the game the way it's meant to be played. But you just have to be on your toes a little more because there are more enemies on screen. There's more stuff happening. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, it's cool. You get little power ups every at at different intervals where you can summon like dogs and bears and <laughs> and um, and yeah, man, it's it's fun. It's really fun. And credit to a game that even even through, you know, most of the second act is still layering on new gameplay mechanics, um, especially new gameplay mechanics if you are – actually, no, it, it regardless of your play style because in, near the end of the second act of the game, you get, you know, not only a piece of armor that makes standoffs way more exciting to do. But you also get, like, blow darts that you can use to stealth around and poison people or make them hallucinate and attack their enemies and stuff like that. Nothing's better than taking the, the fucking giant Mongol with, like, the little, with, like, the little cannon thing and, and having him, you know, start going nuts on his friends. Um, the story did peter out. Like, like I, I saw in reviews that a lot of folks said that the third act felt a little tacked on. And I'll definitely agree that story-wise it didn't quite have the same momentum. Uh, as the first two acts did, um, it felt like just kind of a lot of arbitrary tasks to get you to to the end of the game. Um, the ending was very satisfying. Like I said, I enjoyed the final confrontation um, at the Mongol camp, and then I enjoyed what came after that as well. Um, and basically, you become Batman in Japan, <laughs> <Yeah>. essentially, <laughs> which is now. Uh, uh, I'm, uh, did you get the white outfit or the red? Outfit? I got the That's red the, outfit. Okay, I got the white outfit. Interesting. Uh, so I'll have to go back and uh, I'll have to go back and and play it again. But how did you? But how did you play through the game primarily? Were you were you primarily samurai or were you primary primarily stealth? 
Um, given the option, I will always choose stealth okay. until I fail or until I'm spotted. And then it's just like, all right, well, we're doing this. <laughs> Let's just do it. It's interesting. Like I said, I, uh, at this point I'm wearing the ghost armor almost exclusively, except yeah. when, except when I'm riding around, then I have my sweet pure white traveling, like traveling <laughs> pants armor that I, that I got dyed at the, uh, at the white dye guy. Because that yeah. looks badass. So, um, it's it's so good. It's a really good game. Like I said, somehow it got its plaudits, and yet still underrated. If you have not, uh, and and again, all of this that I've done, like I'm I'm wrapping up the last couple stuff. Like I I think I have to liberate like ten or twelve camps in the northernmost region, but I've done pretty much everything in the other two. Um, even after doing all that, even after beating the game, and probably I would say beating like 80% to 85% of the side quests that are in the game. Mm-hmm. All the mythical tales I've already knocked out, like that's all taken care of already. Even doing all of that stuff, I'm still clocked in at under 40 hours right now. Yeah. Like that's that's perfect. Like that's yeah. perfect because it's 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 not there's not a lot of empty calories like there is in like an Assassin's Creed. Yeah, man, that's a that's a thing with modern games now where I just don't understand why it's a complaint that that a game that is 30 to 40 hours is like too short, right? Like mm-hmm. oh, real gamers play their games for 150 hours minimum. Like nah, yo. Like not 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 this type of game. Mm-hmm. Like like the CG Project Red people, they were like, "Yeah, we made Cyberpunk super short, not super short, but like we made it shorter than The Witcher because people wouldn't didn't finish our games. Well, it's not it's not even just that too. So like, take Valhalla for example. So like, with Valhalla, the way the 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 story structure works in that game is that you always go to the region where you're doing whatever the campaign stuff is that you're doing, and then you go back to your home base, which is basically centrally located in the map. So what's annoying is that every time that you have to like go to a new region that you've never really been to before, you got to sail there because you can't fast travel till you've established fast travel points. So you have to boat there. Well, sometimes I mean if it's on if it's on the one of the extreme, you know, edges of the map, it's going to take fucking literally like 10 minutes to fucking boat there. Listening to sea shanties and fucking and and tales from 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 days yonder. Along the way, or in my case, just popping my headphones on and and listening to a podcast while we're while we're riding a boat. In Ghost of Tsushima, like even when you're going to new areas, like at worst, it's like a thousand meter, you know, distance on horseback. So it literally takes right. like two minutes, maybe max, to travel there. And along the way, you'll pop up a, a, across a ton of point. And that's the other thing too about the game is that all these secrets, like the point of interest, like the fox dens and the bamboo strikes and all that stuff they take like two seconds like you don't care about doing them on your way to something else because you know you're it's not like you're gonna get roped into a you know 30 minute side quest somewhere along the way and and each one of those points is each one of those points of interest nine times out of ten is a is a fast travel point it's a fast it's well right that's the other thing like everything is a fast travel point everything (laughs) like literally everything on the fucking map is somewhere that you can fast travel to later right. and it's stuff that makes you more powerful like it helps you yeah man i'm telling you that game that that game's really good man none of it none of us gave enough credit to the infamous series i don't think because infamous was very much the same way where i wasn't hard done 
going back and wrapping up bullshit when I was done playing the main story. Like I platinumed Infamous 2 and almost platinumed Infamous 1. And I but I 100%ed Infamous 1. Like I got all the collectibles and shit like that. Mm. Um and I didn't feel like it was a chore. I yeah. think I just sucker punches game design, honestly. Yeah, they make fun games, man. They yep. make fun games that just feel good to play. And uh, you know, cuz it you can you can, especially with open world games, like you're not a huge open world game fan. And I think a lot of it is, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of it is because it feels like a chore, man. It can. It, it certainly it, can at you, times. You know, you play, an, you play a Ubisoft open world game. I mean, it, it, it's just you're going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's like a cartography simulator, right? Like you just, you just go to this area, climb the big thing, look around and then keep, and then everything has a, a flow. I'm thinking of like Far Cry. Like mm-hmm. They're so formulaic. It's, it's not even funny. And then stuff like Red Dead, where they're so concerned about like immersion and having the biggest map in the world. And it's just like, yo, I'm not going through all this. <laughs> Uh, I want a detailed map. I don't want to. This gen, open world games. I want detail. I don't want sprawling maps full of openness. I want. I want intricate detail. Yeah, every every place on the map in Ghosts feels intentional. Like it feels thought out. It doesn't just feel like there's just plopping scenery down just to give you something to look at when you uh, as you travel by it. Right. It's good. It's really good. Um, like I said, would not have expected that game to be up my alley as much as it was. But like I said, you put good combat in a game that you know doesn't have as much fluff as most of moral games around a really compelling story, and uh, it's a winner, definite yep. winner. So, um, moving on from there, new release this week. Let's start with games with gold. Uh, I find this interesting considering the Microsoft news that we're going to talk about later in the show. Um, but if you have Xbox Live Gold, uh, Gears 5 is free all during the month of February. So you got that going for you. Uh, the second half of the month, uh, you have Dandara, which is a Metroid-style game uh, from a Brazilian studio called Long Hat House. That's free from the 16th of February to the Ides of March. Uh, if you don't know when the Ides of March is, read your Caesar. Uh, as far as the 360 games go... Uh, res or so I guess, yeah, it is 360. <laughs> That's right, I forgot. Xbox One and Xbox Series X are all the same thing now. Um, Resident Evil is available during the entire month of uh, of February here. The original Resident Evil, like the remade version of that. Uh, you also have for the original Xbox, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb available for the first half of February, and then in the second half of the month, uh, Lost Planet 2. Uh, the space-faring uh, third-person shooter from Capcom is Lost good Planet. from the 16th wow. through the 28th. Yeah, it's a short month though, so you better jump on top of Lost Planet too if you wanna if you wanna check that out. All right, I mean Gears Five is uh, still kicking, man. Like they uh, they still release like content for it. Get Gears Five, and then you can play as the New Day in multiplayer. Yeah, but the thing is that you, if you already have Game Pass Ultimate, Micah, you already have Gears 5. You didn't even need it. So, you know, hey. there's that. Uh, <laughs> already released this week, Solas 128, not that Solas, uh, is available on PC and Switch. 
Uh, Dead Cells, the Fatal Falls DLC is available for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Encodia Encodia is available for PC. Uh, King Arthur, Knight's Tale for PC. The Sims 4 Paranormal Stuff Pack comes to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. Stronghold Warlords comes to PC. And then later this week, The Dark Eye, Chains of Satanov, and The Dark Eye Memoria comes to PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, Right, The Eye of Atlantis comes to VR. Uh, Devour comes to PC. Disjunction comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. The Medium, uh, which was highlighted at whatever E3 was last year, comes to PC and Xbox. Monstrum 2 comes to PC. Sword of the Necromancer comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch. Tohu comes to PC, PS4, Xbox, Switch, and Stadia. Bonkies comes to PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. Gods Will Fall comes to PC, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and Stadia. And Turrican Flashback comes to PS4 and Switch. Wow. It's a lot of bullshit. Yeah, it's that's, that's, <laughs> nice to know that the video game industry follows the movie industry tradition of releasing all of their crap in general. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, you can, uh, you can get with us uh, a number of different ways. There are a number of different ways to interact with us. The newest way is on Discord. Uh, uh, you can also follow us on Facebook. Um, where else can you follow us? YouTube. You can go to densepixels.com. Or excuse me, you can go to youtube.com slash densepixels. You would think that I would know this by now. <laughs> go to youtube.com slash densepixels. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, and you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we got a lot of shows. Uh, this show, which is uh, you know, holds a special place in my heart. Uh, the Nerdpocalypse, the one that started it all, uh, approaching the this year will be uh, 10 years since the Nerdpocalypse has started. So we'll have to pretend that we're going to do something and then fool <laughs> everyone and just do a regular show. Um, Black on Black Cinema, uh, we're doing um, the Small Axe series of films currently. Coming Distractions, I'm going to try and convince Jay to put a new coming distractions up on a film uh, called Locked Down, starring Chuatel Echefor and Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. If that's not enough... And it won't you be. Go to, it's not enough. You can, especially now. You got nothing <laughs> to do. Go to, go to densefixes.com slash premium. For $5 a month or $50 a year, you get access to the premium slate of podcasts, including The Airing of Grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, uh, Upstage Conversation, and the full episode of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Now, look, just because uh, we have a normal old man in the White House Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that there aren't things that shenanigans going on mm-hmm. that need to be spoken about. Uh, Plus we so, can also talk about like actual real like policy and government things instead of just instead of just the like, worst timeline. <laughs> instead of just like what did this idiot say on Twitter? <laughs> so yes, go to uh, densepistols.com slash premium. And I also know, we haven't recorded it yet, but I know that Jay wanted to do it soon. Uh, new episode, No Time to Bleed, should be coming out soon-ish as well. 
Uh, also, very look forward themed. If you uh, <laughs> if you catch my drift, so if you can understand what movie it's going to be uh, that we're going to be watching. So I've already watched the movie. That movie is ridiculous. Oh, really? oh yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so yeah, look forward to that coming down the pipe as well. Um, so Konami might have shut down video game production, but they're saying they didn't shut down video game production. So yesterday, Konami announced that they had plans to dissolve their three production divisions to, quote, respond to the rapid market that surrounds us. Uh, and so everyone reported, oh, Konami's done with video games. And then Konami had to come out today and say that the announcement made refers to an internal restructure within production divisions being consolidated. We have not shut down our video game division. It's just a corporate restructuring. Now, we're going to jump into the post office this quick and ask – and Rev Hall says, uh, do you think Konami is done as a video game company? And my answer to that question is, how would you know? <laughs> as, as far as I'm concerned, Konami shut down their video game division for like the last two years, essentially. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> so I, 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 I'm, looking, I'm looking them up right now. Um, I guess technically, if a pachinko machine has a screen on it, it's technically, technically a video game. It's a video game. I, I don't I don't subscribe to that. Uh, <laughs> I don't subscribe to that uh, that mindset. Um, so I went. I've gone to Wikipedia, and I have. I'm curious to see what the last game is that Konami has released for a current generation console. I'm scrolling because they, they stupidly have it organized by console and not by, not just by the year that something came out. I mean, I would think it would be Metal Gear Survive, right? I would That's think it would be Metal Gear Survive as well. That's the last one I remember. Man, this is, this is laid out in a really arduous fashion to be able to quickly get the information that I need. Um, no, they've come out with some stuff since uh, since Metal Gear Survive. Technically, the last the last games that they released uh, are Super Bomberman R online on Google Stadia. If you want to get technical about it, I mean, look if, if you're getting technical, then a pachinko machine with a screen <laughs> on it is a video game. You know, what I said? <laughs> <laughs> you're ma- you're you're making an argument that is uh that is very difficult to refute right now. I'm just saying. Um. No, Konami, I mean, Konami sucks. Konami, like, like, like the last game that they came out with that isn't either like a reissue of an old game or like a remake of an old game or isn't Pro Evolution Soccer was indeed Metal Gear Survive. And the last game that they came out before Metal Gear Survive was Metal Gear Solid 5 and a Yu-Gi-Oh game. So like, it's not like Konami's like has been lighting the world on fire. In general, oh, sorry. They also came out with Super Bomberman R in 2018 for Switch. That I don't count that either. Nah, sorry, I don't count that. Is super, no, bomb, no, like no. you can you can churn out Bomberman in your fucking sleep. No one gives a when shit. When did that Contra game come out? Was that was oh, that the last one? Uh, Rogue Core, according to this, came out in 2019. Oh, you know what? That that came out in 2019. That's technically the last Konami game. That game was terrible, also from what I from That's what I what remember I hear. saying. I looked at it. and I was like, Yo, what the hell? You can run out of bullets in a Contra game? 
that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, the last the last triple A game they released was was Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm not even counting Survive in that <laughs> bullshit. So yeah, so like you said, is is Konami done as a game publisher? Who who could tell the difference at this point? <laughs> I don't think anybody could. Damn man, they had some really good franchises, man. They did, and then they didn't care about them. I I honestly wish their their video game production company would go in the shitter because then they could sell all those licenses off to people that actually would give a damn about it. Yeah, man. Who doesn't want a Castlevania game again? Yeah. Castlevania, Contra, even Frogger, man. Like Metal Gear. I mean, you know, Metal Gear will never be what it was. But Silent Hill, come yeah. on, man. The Suicodan, Lord, I remember Suicodan. The Lord, the Lord of Shadow Castlevania games were excellent. Yeah, they and they really made were. and they made and they made two, and then no one cared. Probably because they didn't sell very well, but you know, they were good. They were they were they were great. Like especially in this in this day of of Souls combat and things yeah, of that nature, man. like 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 they missed the boat. Like like that would have been fucking that would have been on the money for Castlevania. Yeah, they were kind of headed that way. Like it was kind of like those the 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 Lord of Shadow games were kind of somewhere in between a Castlevania and a and a Devil May Cry game of sorts. Zone of the Enders. Wow. Yeah. I remember that game. The game that uh the game that got sold purely on the back of a demo. It did. It absolutely <laughs> did. And then that demo did a bait and switch for everybody. Everybody thought that uh everybody thought that they were gonna be playing Snake in the main game. And it turns out, nope. You're gonna you're gonna play Raiden. Did so here so like I, I listen to to Bill Simmons, like on and on the rewatchables a lot, and and he has this thing called like the Action Hero Championship Belt, where you know you pretend like there's a championship belt that goes around to action heroes, uh-huh. based and you know someone takes it from somebody else, that kind of thing. Did Konami ever hold like the video game developer championship belt or publisher championship belt? Was there a point in time where Konami was the top publisher in the video game industry? If it was, no, 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 no. Because if it was, it would have been in the eighties, mm-hmm. in their heyday. Right? You don't, you don't think in the late eighties. So like when Turtles Two was releasing for NES and Castlevania Three was coming out, and and in that era, because remember they they were Ultra Games as well. Konami was so anything th- under that Ultra banner was also attributed to them. I think. They could be a strong number two, mm-hmm. right? Like I like they were always kind of like what Ubisoft is now, mm-hmm. especially back then. Like they made good games that I would willingly buy. And look, maybe it's my bias, right? But like Capcom games were the shit. Like I loved them, and um, so yeah, as, they would have been a good number two Japanese developer for me. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I they could go away tomorrow and it wouldn't I wouldn't lose a wink of sleep. I'd be excited, frankly, because like I, I said, I thought they be, work right. <laughs> uh our our former president, uh in the in the lead up after he decided to incite an insurrection on the United States Capitol, uh was banned from a variety of social media platforms. Uh one of them was was Twitch, because he had a Twitch channel. Uh, they banned him back on January 8th. They have now decided to, uh, permanently ban his account, uh, due to the quote, ongoing risk of further incitement of violence. Um, 
great. <laughs> I got no problem with that. Yeah. I got no problem with that. Again, people people get upset about these things. Um, you know, everyone likes to bandy around the violation of the First Amendment until Twitch is owned by the United States government. It is, in fact, not a violation yeah, of the yeah, of the First answer. Amendment. It is, in fact, freedom of association or the freedom to not associate with somebody uh, that you right. find odious it's, or dangerous. It's the same thing as a store putting out a sign saying no shirt, no shoes, no service, right? Like – they're, they're, I don't understand why people don't get that. I, I really, I really don't. Because, they, be, I, because, 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 Micah, the Constitution is not a document that is the structure of a society. It is a interpretive document that you can twist and bend and and make malleable to support whatever argument you feel like supporting. I mean, god damn! Like, like we should stop treating the Constitution like we treat Rotten Tomato meter <laughs> results. You know what I mean? Like, people go to Rotten Tomatoes when they want to prove that a movie is good or the, or or prove that a movie is bad based on their preconceived notions. God damn it! Yep. So, but uh, but good on him. Like I said, he he doesn't need that fucking platform anyway. That, that, yeah, that's that's been, that's been the most amazing thing about it is that is that everyone like if if dipshit wanted to get his message out he absolutely could but after he got kicked off of social media he's just having a sulk like he's he's just he's just having a sad time like he does like yeah. you know crying in the corner you trying to tell me that this guy who was a former pro, a former president of the United States of America can't get his message out unless he's doing it the same way a 14 year old is doing it yeah all right. Oh, okay, man. I mean, <laughs> that says that says a lot about him, folks. Not not Twitter. So, all right. Yeah, I'm fine with this Twitch. Speaking of shitty Republicans, up to do. Um, Mike, are you aware today is the 11th anniversary of the Mass Effect 2 release date? Wow. Today, as we're talking about it. Wow. Yeah. Long time ago. Wow. I, that is that is a long time. Long ago. time ago, uh, Mass Effect Two uh, introduced a lot of new and beloved characters to the Mass Effect franchise. Uh, Jack, one of the most uh, notable characters, a fan favorite, I would dare say, in in the Mass Effect Two series. Interestingly enough, she was originally written to be pansexual, and she was going to be one of the first like non hetero relationships that you could have in the Mass Effect series. However, Bioware uh, had to reverse – well, didn't have to reverse course. They decided to reverse course um, in the wake of a rather infamous interview uh, that aired on Fox News uh, where they based, where they tore down the, mass, the first Mass Effect game for being uh, a sex video game essentially because you could, you could have a romance, uh, a sexual romance with a character where the sex wasn't even on the screen. No nudity at all. Or was of, it? Yeah, yeah, no nudity at all in the first one. Of everything that goes on in that game, yeah, that's what of we're going to focus. Everything on. that goes on in that game, that's what we'll focus on. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, all this um, right. this uh, this interview is actually kind of famous. Uh, Jeff Keighley uh, was valiantly fighting on the behalf of the video game industry uh, against non gaming folks and Fox News, who of course had an axe to grind. Uh, in this case, uh, but because of this interview and because of the, of the publicity that it received, um, Bioware got a little gun shy at bringing this 
uh, that type of relationship into the game, um, which is unfortunate. And, uh, you know, fortunately they did correct that in Mass Effect 3. Uh, Mass Effect 3 was the first one in the series where you could have a homosexual relationship with another character. Um, but yeah, they, they got scared off because of this Fox News interview, apparently. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. So again, like we say, you can avoid politics if you want to, but they are not going to steer clear of you. Yeah, man. I just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, um, I, I, I shouldn't say that people who don't know anything about it, like should, I don't want to come off as shut up and dribble, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to come off like that. Mm-hmm. But I think I feel like it's fair to say, maybe do a little bit of 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 research, or or maybe maybe look at art as something more than what you take in with your eye. Like, think about it. Just mm-hmm. think about things. Or in this case, like watch a video of the entire story, and let's not drill down the the focus on this one minute aspect of a video game which has existed in television and movies forever an optional aspect by the way right right Ro- romancing is not a part of the story like you it's something you could completely miss unless you were conscious about it in in a lot of ways i, I just um they don't show women as being valued by anything but their sexuality, says one of the personalities. I mean, that's not true at all. All right. Especially the first Mass Effect. Like in Mass right. Effect 2, there, Miranda's got a couple of gratuitous ass shots in that. We can play. She was, she was, she was bred that way, that way. Right. Like she was, she was created. Engin- en- engineered, engineered, engineered. Yes. Not so. bred. I'm sorry. I, that makes it sound like an animal. It was engineered to be that way. Right. Like, but you know, that's a lame, that's a lame excuse that guys use to have an ass shot. Right. Like I get it. Right. But the first mass effect, come on, man. Yeah. You yeah, got no the, problem with, with Liara Tassoni and her entire race being able to to be sexually fluid, but but I guess that don't count. You ever see Star Trek? Kirk is banging every uh, <laughs> blue chick, green chick, pink chick. Ah, all right, man. All right. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is. So. <laughs> and again, that it's 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 amusing to me. Cause I would have I would have fucking leaned harder into it if it were me like like if like it, with the notoriety that interview you got I would have absolutely fucking gone gung ho about that because what's it gonna do all it's gonna do is gin up uh, publicity for your right. game at the right. end of the day so right you're gonna maybe you'll get some new people who are who are uh, just just horny and want to see uh, some 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 ship on Jack action and and maybe they'll like the game. There's a thought. Yeah. Uh, some news that a lot of folks did not care for uh, this past week. So Vicarious Visions, a studio that's been getting a lot of plaudits 
uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, the, the developers behind the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, as well as the recently released uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. They've also done a lot of work on Destiny 2. Um, with a lot of the expansions, uh, freeing up some of Bungie's resources while they were still under Activision's tent. Um, they've now been absorbed into Blizzard. Uh, and now they uh, allegedly they're working on a Diablo 2 remake right now. Um, which is interesting. So according to Jason Schreier of Bloomberg News, uh, the Diablo 2 remake was due to be developed by Blizzard's Team 1. Uh, who made Warcraft 3 Reforged, which people do not like. Uh, they were also the folks behind Heroes of the Storm, uh, which did not last very long. Uh, but instead, they gave the Diablo 2 remake to the Diablo 4 team, which has then kind of passed it off to Vicarious Visions. A lot of people were upset about this because Vicarious Visions has been doing some very good work in the industry in the past couple of years. Um, this is a good thing for them as a studio, I think. it's It's certainly creates more stability for them. One would imagine it gives blizzard a little bit more bandwidth, um, to have folks working on stuff, uh, which hopefully will speed production up of some games. Um, so I think it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I can understand why people are upset because it seems like Activision is just swallowing them whole essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really know what to, uh, I don't know really have anything else to add i mean i mean diablo 2 remake is cool yeah i'll play that i i didn't get into diablo until diablo 3 nor did i Um, which is why i'd be curious to play diablo 2 so yeah yeah so i uh i'm i'm curious i'm curious but you know more diablo yeah where's diablo 4 coming probably we'll probably see diablo immortal first before Diablo 4. So, you know, the phone game. Yeah. Yeah, the fake game. Yeah. It's on phone. <laughs> uh, Capcom has unveiled uh, some details about Resident Evil Village, which is the eighth Resident Evil game. Uh, there's also a, de- a prequel demo that you can play right now uh, if you want to check to see what Resident Evil Village is going to be all about. Uh, it's going to be first person, much like Resident Evil 7 was. Ethan Winters, the protagonist from RE7, is coming back. He's searching for his kidnapped daughter, who may have been kidnapped by Chris Redfield. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and apparently he has to make his way from a village uh, to a castle uh, where there where there's a uh, giant vampire named Lamy, Lady uh, Dimitrescu uh, and her daughters. Uh, who are going to be the man, main antagonists in the game? Did you play this demo or no? Uh, I'm probably not going to play the demo. <laughs> I will. I will. What I will do is I will watch Resident the, the story playthrough of Resident Evil Seven. I uh-huh. read it, and now I want to watch it to see if I can handle it. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't like ghost shit. I don't like I don't like stuff that's like yeah. I could take blood and gore and hacking people up and torture and all that. I can do that. There's something about ghosts I just can't do. Like like spooky like like jump scares and shit. I just I I, I feel uncomfortable. I don't like being scared. At the same time, I kind of want to play the game with the big woman in it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'll, 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 what I will do is I'll try the demo because mm-hmm. I never played Resident Evil 7. 
but what I'll do is I'll try this demo and uh, sit just like I am right now with the lights on, mm-hmm. play it in the daylight, and uh, and see how it is. Um, because it was such a, I got, I got very used to Resident Evil uh, five and six being just action movies mm-hmm. and not scary at all. Um, for them to go back to being scary is uh, scary. For me. Like even it feels like it's more scary, right? Well, they they took a they took a hard. They they took a hard turn towards survival horror, but also towards survival horror the same way that a lot of other survival horror games are now. A day is like yeah. your like your evils within and and things of that nature. So yeah, because Resident Evil has always been uh, you know kind of a the first couple of Resident Evil I've played Resident Evil's one through six uh, and finished Resident Evil's one through six. Well, not finished. I haven't finished three. Um. But the first couple of Resident Evils, especially on the PlayStation, with it being hampered by its, you know, by technology, it's, they weren't scary. They were like jump scares, you know. They were just like B-horror movies. Uh, and then 4 hit the sweet spot, mm-hmm. right? 4 hit the sweet spot of like, like scary stuff, like jump scares with the action element. And the... And the stress of having to, you know, escort Tiffany Trump around or whatever. Um, then five was just like balls to the wall action, right? Like Chris is in a volcano, punching a boulder, fighting his enemy who's throwing missiles at him and shit, right? I, that's, that's my jam, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then six got a little more ridiculous with... Uh, uh, Leon giving drop kicks to Tyrannosaurus Rexes and <laughs> Chris delivering Batista bombs and I was like, all right, this is <laughs> this is a little too much for me. Um, but Seven was such a huge departure; like it felt like it felt like Silent Hill. And for the life of me, I just cannot play a Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. Like they scare the shit out of me, uh, and that's what Seven felt like. But but I did want to see the story, and the story is rather interesting. Uh, especially with leading into what Resident Evil 8 is going to be. Mm-hmm. So I said all that to say that I'm too much of a coward to uh, <laughs> to play these new Resident <laughs> Evil games. But maybe, maybe I'll try this new demo and I won't record it because you won't like it. Like if I play this game, I'm not going to be like, <laughs> like I'm not going to get the Holy Ghost while playing this game. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to be like, oh, shit, that scared me. And that's not funny. But I refuse to be like these other people on YouTube who are like, oh, 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 Lord, oh, Lord, that scared me. You know, uh, it's just like, it's like, not. like, like YouTube or like, a, like a, like a Baptist church. Uh, both. <laughs> you, you see reaction videos. You see reaction videos. People playing Five Nights at Freddy's, ju- jumping out of their chairs and shit. Like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Calm down. And then a quick word on Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons. Uh, there's a January update, uh, which is their festival event or festival, Festivus, uh, which begins on January 28th later this week. And then apparently a Mario event is coming after that, probably to coincide with a uh, Mario day, which is March 10th uh, oh, in yeah. most cases. So Mario day. I yeah. About that. 
So here you go. That's your that's your quick news for the week. Uh, let me tell you a story about uh, a couple guys. Uh, one named Jeff, one named Jay. Uh, they have a lot of similarities, right? Uh, they both their names start with the letter J. It's true. Uh, they're both monosyllabic first names. Correct. Um, both back in the day were big nerdy dorks with a lot of hair, and now they're jacked dorks with no hair. Uh, they both had a dream of starting a, a, a business of their own uh, to varying degrees of success. Uh, here's the difference. One aspires to be the first trillionaire, and the other is Jeff Bezos. So what we have to do is <laughs> the ones that you see coming a mile away, but you know, you, you still get, it's satisfying, you know? So what we have to do is we have to help Jeff become the first trillionaire and not Jay. And the easiest way to do that is to go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and purchase things. When you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon to purchase things, yeah, you help Jay in his little, you know, meager quest to be the first trillionaire. But you're really helping Jeff in his in his quest to just kind of overtake another guy to be the richest person in the world. I think he might have done it already. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. <laughs> By going to densepixels.com slash Amazon. Um, so it's, it's always amusing to me when a, when a game company or any company, but especially a game company decides to wake up one day and they get out of bed and they have their hands, on their hips staring off into the horizon and they think to themselves, what can I do to myself today that would feel like punching myself directly in my balls? <laughs> Microsoft had such a day last week. And uh, the backlash was swift, and it was furious, and they backed up on that shit. Uh, too sweet. So on the 22nd last week, which was Friday, Microsoft comes out and announces, at, at, like, like a bolt from the blue, a price hike to Xbox Live Gold. Now, this is not Ultimate. That includes the Game Pass service. But just regular, straight up, I just want to play my games online, Xbox Live Gold. So they decided we're going to take your one month membership, which right now is $9.99. We're going to make it $10.99. We're going to take your three month membership, currently $24.99, and we're going to make it $29.99. And then we're going to take your six month membership, which is currently $39.99, and make that $59.99, which is the current price that a year goes for. And then we're going to take that one year membership. And make it a hundred and nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. Come on, man. <laughs> or well, well, and technically they didn't do that because they the way they were handling that was they were going to get rid of the year membership so that the six month was going to be the top option. <laughs> now, I read this for exactly what it was: a effort to move people from regular gold onto Game Pass Ultimate because you could pay hundred and twenty dollars a year. For gold, or you could pay $180 a year and get all these games for free along with it that you can play whenever you want. 
Well, people on the internet, Micah, you'll be shocked to learn, did not take this news very well at all. <laughs> to put it to put it mildly, especially because you need gold to play all of these games as service games that are on Xbox. PlayStation has deals with some games like your Fortnites, for example, that and doesn't require you to have PlayStation Plus to play Fortnite. Same on the Nintendo Switch. But on Xbox, you have to have it in order to play. There's some other games that that are exempt on PlayStation and Switch as well, but you've always had to have gold on Xbox Live in order to play those games. Well, like I said, the internet lost their fucking minds because, you know, when when you get a 100% price hike on a one-year subscription, that feels like a rational response to me out of the blue. Uh, So Microsoft, literally nine hours after this announcement came out, walked that shit back and said there will be no price increases right now <laughs> at this time <laughs> because i guess the i guess the hooting and hollering and celebration from playstation uh managed to find its way all the way up to redmond washington from santa clara yeah man i i i saw that and i was just like wow i uh i couldn't believe it now look i i have uh game pass ultimate and uh i pay you know monthly i just have to make sure there's money in my in my witchcom account and it's mm-hmm. not too bad but i'm not really using it as much as uh i would have liked but yeah this um this pricing you know look i'm i'm a little conspiratorial <laughs> do you think i i i i am i am way more inclined to believe when mm-hmm. you said that Oh, it is, it is a hundred, they they are, they were trying to devalue gold to make ultimate seem more valuable by comparison. Yeah. hundred percent. That is 100% what was happening. But do you think that maybe they, they might've did it just to, just to, just to say, Hey, just because they knew they were going to get that reaction Mm -hmm. and they were like, Hey, guess what? We're 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 an awesome company, and we listen to the gamers, and we're and and you know what? You're right, and we're just not gonna and and everything is just gonna be status quo, and give us our kudos because we did something wrong, and now we corrected it. Well, no, and and here's why. Here's why I don't think that because part of them walking this back was they also made the decision, which is a smart decision, that you no longer need Xbox Live Gold to play free to play games. So they so not not only did they walk back their original decision, but they actually have made uh, a more sensible decision to allow people to play these free to play games like your Fortnites and your Genshin Impacts and things of that nature uh, without a gold subscription. So I feel like that you could have gotten the same happy reaction just by making that announcement by itself without first pissing people off for half a day <laughs> in advance. Because people saw what you were trying to do, like, 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 people are not stupid. People are not dumb. Like, like, it was obvious to me as soon as I saw that news exactly what was happening. And 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 to do that unilaterally is shocking. Like, it's one thing if PlayStation had raised their prices by like twenty dollars a year a couple weeks ago, and and caught some shit, and Microsoft's like, well, we're gonna sneak this out here. No, they like like the fact that you're coming out hard out of the gate. 
and and doing this shit. No, you you they they were like, this will be fine. People love Game Pass Ultimate, and then everyone that didn't use Game Pass Ultimate that still has gold was like, what the fuck? Yeah, man. Like, like the 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 more egregious thing for me is the sticker shock, right? Like <laughs> the, the the amount of the price hike. Like I know, like like you said, we know what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but you gotta you gotta you gotta ease it in, man. You gotta you you can't. You can't just be like a year of Xbox Live Gold is a billion dollars. Well, and, and not only that, but it, but the the issue is that they they made a direct point of comparison. So like yesterday, a year of gold is fifty nine ninety nine, and you're telling me tomorrow, six months of gold is going to be fifty nine ninety nine. Are you adding an ex, are you adding services and an experience to gold to warrant six months? Costing the same amount where you were just charging me a year for? Well, you know, uh, video game development is expensive <laughs> and uh, <laughs> servers and uh, uh, yeah. look over there. Yeah, no, it's 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 and 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 again, it's uh, it, this this news made me somewhat also just happy because oh, with all <laughs> well, well in the wake of all of like this for this past year with you know the Series X and making all our games available on PC and Game Pass and people are like, man, isn't Microsoft the greatest for gamers? Like, aren't they the best company in taking care of games? I'm just like, no, they're, they, they're, they ain't shit just like everybody else. Come on. <laughs> and this and this was a good reminder. <sighs> yeah, man, they're a company. Don't. Right. Don't, there's, there's no need to be loyal. There's no need to be loyal to a brand, guys. They don't really care. <laughs> they don't care about you, yo. I mean, they, look, they really and, and and credit credit to them for realizing that they fucked up <laughs> and acknowledging that they fucked up and walking that shit back in a hurry. Because that's the other thing about Xbox as well is that Xbox, the Xbox line for Microsoft it's a hobby. It's not it's not it's not what's driving yeah, that, not, that corporation. <laughs> It's not, you know, it's not the thing that they make their that they make their nut on, man. Like, like it's, <laughs> it's not. It 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 is something that I'm not gonna say they don't care, but like, there's a reason why they're able to to offer, you know, Game Pass and 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 all of their exclusive games yeah. on Game Pass because for for they, for for my for the Microsoft Corporation. Like losing money by not selling your games because they want to offer you the subscription is not a significant hit to the bottom line. It's a rounding error. <laughs> right. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's it's not that big of a deal for them. Um all right. So for this next story, we're gonna be we're gonna be charting into waters that both Mike and I are definitely not experts in whatsoever. But I found the story to be incredibly interesting. So GameStop stock has never been really good. Uh, the record st- value that the GameStop stock used to be uh, was $63.30 per share, which was all the way back in December of 2007. For context, that's one year after the PlayStation 3 released and the, and the Nintendo Wii. Wow. So – and and for the last several months, GameStop's shares have been hovering around fifteen to twenty dollars per share, or just less than a month. Sorry, last couple of years, it's been, it's 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 been it's been really fucking low. So basically, 
Um, the former founder of the Chewy Corporation, uh, who is where you get all your pet shit from nowadays, um, purchased a 10% stake in GameStop and he joined the GameStop board of directors. Okay. So a lot of folks were trying to short sell their GameStop stock. And for those who don't understand what short selling is, and I ba- I barely understand what it is myself. So if you have a share of stock, you borrow it from somebody, and then you sell the stock at the current market price. And then when the price drops later, you buy it back at a lower price and then return them to the lender. So you're So basically you walk away with the profit that you had when you bought the stock and then it dropped and then you bought it back and then you gave it back to the dude that you borrowed it from. That's what short selling is. Okay. So a lot of folks were short selling GameStop's price. And so a lot of people on Reddit got bored and they were like, ah, these people are all short selling GameStop stock. So let's fucking ramp, like ramp up the stock price basically and started buying the hell out of it. So essentially what they did is because they were inflating the share price, all the people that short sold it had to then buy more stock to cover, to cover their ass essentially, to cover the, (laughs) to cover what, what they were shorting essentially. So basically Reddit got bored, saw these people short, like short selling the stock and decided to fuck with them. And GameStop stock is now sitting at $125 per share <laughs> at, at market close today. Holy shit. And, and this, this is the system that the Republican Party in the United States of America says is how we should determine how strong the economy yeah, is doing. Yeah, this is how strong the economy is. A couple of bored assholes <laughs> sitting at their desk with nothing to do decided to, to, to fuck with it. Like- <laughs> Oh, as as man. someone mentioned on Reddit who was in this, there's likely not an original GameStop-issued share left on the market at this time. <laughs> at this time. <laughs> Meaning GameStop has issued more shares in GameStop stock that are currently actually available to buy. Wow. So, yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Uh- uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the uh, to the crash uh, that comes. To the, later. Yeah, to the next to the to the next Adam McKay film uh, called the 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 GameStop short or, game or game something. game as of close of the the market and it's worth more now. But this is close on Friday. GameStop was worth four and a half billion dollars, which was eighteen times more than it was worth halfway through twenty twenty. <laughs> Yo, come on, man! And it, and it's Jeremy Owens. Uh, who is, I believe, a stock expert on Twitter, notes, uh, nothing substantial about the company's future has, cha- has changed in this time. <laughs> it is insane. I, I, like I said, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm laughing at this. I'm laughing at this. Um, yeah, so, ba- so basically, again, because Reddit didn't like people working together to short this stock from GameStop. They're just like, we're just going to fuck them in the ass essentially and make, and make the stock ridiculously high for them to have to buy back. You know what? 
I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, look, I am too. I don't know what the fuck this means for GameStop. Like, I, like what is GameStop doing right now? They're just like, because they know they know it's not real. Like, like they ha- like they have to know that this is just some market bullshit. But if you were ever going to sell the company to like a private equity firm, holy shit, <laughs> is now ever the time? Good lord, yeah, um, it's cut bait. I mean, it, it's but again, like like the fact that people are like, oh, the stock the stock market being strong shows how well we're doing right now as the economy, and then th- this is what's possible on the stock market, guys. Like, this is what you're able to do. If someone gets bored on Reddit, like, hey, let's organize and fuck these assholes that are short selling all of this stock in the in this fucking dead ender company that's <laughs> that that is is just hanging on right now. You know, I never understood that mentality, right? Like movies have shown us that there are and and the eighties have shown us that there are way too many ways that you can just kind of fudge numbers, man. Right. I, it, <laughs> wow, man. That's hilarious. It's and of all companies, like I said, we wouldn't have been talking about this if it if it hadn't happened to GameStop of all companies. <laughs> so, fucking wild, fucking wild. Um, oh, shit. I unfortunately did not have any GameStop stock before the rally started. So, <laughs> should should have listened to Jim Cramer <laughs> and bought low. And and again, this is made easier nowadays because you have apps like Robinhood and things like that that let. People like you and I get in on day trading if we really want to. Yeah. So very, very yeah. interesting. So funny. Very interesting. Uh, we turn now to the Dense Pixel Post Office, now exclusively on Discord. Uh, Anthony asks, uh, what is your favorite WWE championship belt design? Now, I answered this in Discord because I did not realize it was in the post office uh, channel. Um, I said the the winged eagle uh, the the 88 through uh, 98 belt design is probably uh, my favorite, probably most notably associated with Hulk Hogan, uh, Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels are the three most notable champions of that era. Um, I think that's the only answer, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like uh, I don't like the custom belts. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst custom belt that a champion had is Edge's spinner belt. <laughs> it already takes a bad belt design and slaps a big sticker on it. It is incredible that the whole spinner design lasted for almost a decade in WWE. Yeah, man. I cannot I, believe that. Like, I can't. Like it's still hard for me to process that CM Punk mm-hmm. was the champion, and that was the belt that he was that he blew a kiss to to yeah. uh, and and rolled out with that belt. That gross. Belt. Yeah. Um, I guess we're not including the world championship. No, is this? Well, I mean, you technically could, but everyone that I know associates that as a WCW belt. So yeah. That's fine. Um, the belts now look stupid. I I don't like the. <laughs> I don't like them. You know. I don't. I don't. I don't, like I don't mind them now. That it's just so. The problem with WWE championship titles, like the actual championship belts themselves, is they've always been kind of devoid of personality. Yeah. In many ways, like there hasn't been a lot of belts in WWE's history that have that have had a, a personality um, attached to them. I would say the Winged Eagle. Belt had some had some personality. Uh, I personally like the old school tag team championships 
as well. I thought they had a little bit of personality. Oh, you don't like the you don't like the the, the penny belts? No, not a not a fan. <laughs> they're better now that they're that they're silver instead of that fucking copper shit. But there's I, I don't like the belt design. Um, and yeah, that's like that's kind of it. Uh, yeah, that and the old Intercontinental belt. I don't like the new Intercontinental belt. No, oh, I, I don't either. Like I don't either. Yeah, I'm. I, the Intercontinental Championship is fine. Um, but it, but even that didn't have like you had more personality with the right. strap than you right. did that's, with the, that's the with thing the that plating. Made it unique, the right. strap. Right. Um. Every every other belt, the regular belts look. They're just a big brand. Mm-hmm. Like they're just a big huge brand. Uh, co-op corporate logo. <laughs> they are the 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 rock, the rock belt is definitely the fucking brand belt at this point, right? And then and then you know I I don't I don't like any of them. Like I see people who collect championship belts, and I'm like, I don't want any of these. <laughs> none of these are worth me. None of these. The the only other one is the 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 North American belt, the um, the NXT North American belt. Uh, that one looks okay. Mm-hmm. Um, although it looks like a big cummerbund, the way the strap is, like there's not like a, <laughs> there's not like a, a logo and then the strap is smaller. It's like one big cummerbund, but I don't like the U S championship belt. Uh, the old one or the new one, um, uh, the old one, I was okay with the old one. Like I said, I it, had, it had a bit more flair to it. I just don't like um I don't like the big flag just like I I don't know. They do better. Do better. How would agree? How would agree? Um Ejack asks me, have I tried Dicey Dungeons yet? Uh I've not tried it yet. I have heard of Dicey Dungeons. Um I you know me. If there, if there's a good board game mechanic that's made its way to a video game, uh more than happy to try. Uh I've seen it. I've not tried it yet though. Uh, let's see. Johnny asks, uh, what do you guys expect for the Zelda 35th anniversary, uh, HD game packages, actual effort by Nintendo, complete disappointment. Hard to say. Um, I would, given, given that they did for Mario, um, the three pack, it would not shock me to get a like Twilight Princess Skyward Sword reissue like H- hd remake of some kind especially because those two are the are the only ones yet that have not been touched uh by the reissue bug at this point and if they and if they re and if they were able to revamp mario galaxy to work for uh for the switch then they could easily do the same for those two um remake of zelda 2 the adventures of link <laughs> why (laughs) I have no idea I'm sure we'll get some kind of Zelda Battle Royale game as well I think that's what they'll do they'll just copy the Mario the Mario template and just kind of do the same thing over again (laughs) Carrie Carrie's hoping for a uh, for a Link's Awakening esque uh, reissue of the Oracle games I'm sure if she were on the show that's Uh, what she would request Um, and that would be kind of cool but I set yourself up for disappointment, even though there really shouldn't be Zelda. You know, it's it's fucking Zelda. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with a Zelda uh, game, unless you know, 
you 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 put a Greek mythology skin on it and <laughs> sell it as a brand new game. Uh, EB Gamer asks, uh, who's taking the Royal Rumble on Sunday? Um, this person's guesses are Nikki Cross and Daniel Bryan. That is uh, D- uh D- Daniel Bryan's a fair guess. Nikki Cross, I don't think has a has a I, snowball's chance in hell. Yeah, I, if Nikki Cross wins it, I mean, you need to play the lottery, man, because you got good luck. Um, I think Bianca Belair, and um, they're 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 shining her up right now. Yeah, I mean, come on, man, like pull the trigger, and um. Who do I want to see Drew face at WrestleMania is the question. Um, weren't they teasing Drew and Keith Lee uh, uh, a while ago? Uh, they had Drew versus Keith Lee. Yeah, that's like, right. Like that's, that's a match that happened. Um, they have been teasing uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. So that's, that's why Daniel Bryan is a plausible choice. Um, as far as the men's side go, I don't see Keith Lee – Doing it, they're not doing enough with him right now to to show that he would be uh, headed that way. Um, may, if they want to come out of left field a little bit, maybe an AJ Styles could be could be a guy that you see. Here's in that my spot. Um, here's my one hundred percent. This is a hundred percent lock mm-hmm. that it that it's not going to happen. Um, uh, which Uso is the underling of uh, the tribal chief? Uh, Jay Uso is currently Jay. The underling. Jay is going to win. Jay is going to win. It's going to cause friction because Roman is going to be like, oh, okay, well, good. You can lay down for me. And Jay is going to be like, wait, bro, I don't lay down for no man. And it's like, if you do, you are, if you don't, you're out of the family. And then just like, but come on, bro. And, and then, yeah, I, and then we're gonna have a big Samoan uh, battle royal. With it's just gonna be a family feud, and 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 you'll you'll have everybody against uh, uh, against all the young people on one side in in Jay's corner, and all the the, the older members of the family mm. in Roman's corner. Um, uh, you know, maybe you pull the Rock out of there somewhere. Uh, and then it, they all look at him and like, uh, you're related by marriage. Get out of here. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and you, and, and it's a, it's a good story. Right. And then you have Roman win because you're going to have to have, you're going to have to, and you don't end the show on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you end the show with a new champion crown. Right. Um, and I would love it to be Bianca Belair. But uh, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting story. It is. I, I, I will say this year, more than most years, it's not obvious who they plan on uh, anointing at the Rumble. So yeah, that's, that's, that's always this cool. Is, this is the reason why I'm excited for this year because, uh, you know, they're doing okay with the crowd noise, but I don't know if they can – I don't know how they're going to pull it off on the Royal Rumble. Yeah. And, and at this point, as far as Drew goes, like I'd be just as happy – and here, here's the other reason I think SmackDown will win. I can easily see Miz walking out with the title after the Rumble, like cashing in money in the bank on Drew McIntyre after he beats Goldberg. Yeah, and then yeah, and then they're uh, they lead back to them having that uh, that match there. So Oof. we'll see. Um, Miz, man, they really should have pulled the trigger on Miz like a year and a half ago when he was yeah. at his hottest. So what are you gonna do? Uh, Macho franchise also asks. Uh, are, are we are our old heads on Discord? Are we going to do a live watch along for the Roy Rumble? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, uh, we'll, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll make, we'll make a whole channel for it and everything. That's how, that's how the Discord <laughs> works. I'll see here. Hengod90 says, which do you think will come first? CD Projekt Red gaining back its goodwill before the cyberpunk fiasco or EA and Bioware remembering they were supposed to fix Anthem? CD Projekt Red. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's already happened. That's like, right. <laughs> They're like, ah, oh, we put out a patch. And we we're like, oh, all is forgiven. A lot of people that did not even criticize them in the first place were like, oh, hey, guys. Back. My bad. <laughs> I mean, not really my bad. It's the tester's bad. But, you know, you know, my bad. Wink. <laughs> my bad. Uh, Matt Coco says, with noted sexual harasser Eli Roth directing in Borderlands, the movie, does this mean that Silent Hill the movie or Yakuza Like a Dragon are still the best video game adaptations ever made? Is Eli Roth a sexual harasser? I didn't see that. Uh, I didn't see it, but I 100% believe it. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't you don't just direct a bunch of torture porn and not just be like kind of weird. Um, Kevin Hart is rolling is weird. Kevin Hart is rolling is incredibly weird. Yeah, like he should have been claptrap. It's not how I picture. Right? I, like like I, like I definitely picture and and he's probably too old to do it at this point. But I definitely pictured Roland as like a Keith David type from yeah, from like, the game. So like Roland Roland in the second game. His personality is just like that of a no-nonsense general. Right. I, I can't – I'm having a very difficult time seeing Kevin Hart in that role, which uh, – uh, So, there you go. Um, I'm not anticipating anything good from that movie, by the way. So No, I, I'm, I'm – no pun intended. I'm, I'm borderline on – on if I'm going to even watch it. I like I don't love that franchise so much that I would just watch anything with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you already got two dings against you with Eli Roth and Kevin Hart as Roland. I don't hate Kevin Hart, um, but it it doesn't seem like the role that uh, it I can't I'm having a difficult time picturing him in what I believe that role should be. I would agree. Uh Jamal says, is there a price increase or sorry, if there is a price increase for PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live, what is the most you are willing to pay? Or as he specifies, really, what is the most Micah is willing to pay? <laughs> um as as long like when they've when they've raised it in the past, usually the year membership has gone up about ten bucks. Long as you space that out. Like over five to six year span before you do that, I'm not usually too plussed about it. Ten dollars over the course of a year is not is not a lot. So, yeah. Um, what is it now? Sixty. Sixty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seventy bucks. I mean, it's fine. I. I'm not. Um, for the to pay for the privilege of paying of playing online mm -hmm. and and I, I i i'm not willing to pay well of course i'm willing to pay it uh but i don't want to pay any more than 75 dollars. right well and, and here's the other thing too like it's one thing if you really if you do a price increase ad hoc it's another thing if you're like, hey, we're increasing the price, but we're also adding this feature like if, if you can support it with added functionality that makes the medicine go down a little bit smoother. 
Yeah, like but, if you want to throw, even if you throw another game that no one's going to play right. in, that would be enough because you never know. You might get exposed to a new game that you like. Right, like like if PlayStation came out tomorrow and was like, hey, we're going to $75 a year, but there's going to be a PS5 game available for free every month in addition to the two PS4 games, then right. then people I don't think get as nearly as upset um, right. as they normally would. Uh, let's see here. Cameron says, uh, thoughts on the WWE Network being absorbed by Peacock. Also, the NBC Sports Channel shuttering and the potential changes that it could make the WWE program if they shift their programming to USA. Um, so that the, the NBC Sports Network news surprised a lot of folks last week, panicked a lot of folks last week um, in niche sports communities because NBC Sports carries uh, NASCAR, the NHL, and the – uh, the Premier League as well. Uh, two sports uh, that I care very much about, the last two listed. Um, so th- they talk about most of those would be moving to some combination of USA and Peacock. Um, the only one of those sports that would really get in WWE's face would be the NHL. And USA is going to prioritize the WWE over the NHL because the WWE gets better ratings than the NHL does. So I don't, I don't think the, I don't think WWE has too much to worry about in terms of uh, the NHL stealing their dinner off their table. Um, the Peacock move for WWE Network is very interesting because I think that as much as people enjoyed the service. I really don't think that WWE enjoyed having to manage the surface or the service. And even if it means that WWE gets less income, I'm pretty sure they're happy. And I don't even know that there is less income because the deal that they signed with Peacock was for a billion dollars. So I'm pretty sure yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're doing okay. Uh in terms of that Peacock move. And look, as so as for me, it's fine because right now I'm paying $9.99 for WWE Network every month and I'm paying $4.99 for Peacock with ads because I need it to watch soccer. So now if I can pay $9.99 to get no ads Peacock and I can watch soccer and I still get WWE Network and they're probably going to move some NHL stuff over to there when NBC Sports Network shuts down, well, I'm saving money and I'm getting no ads, which I, which I also really like a lot. Uh, yeah, everything's coming up millhouse for Brad. Yeah, as, um, as like I said, as, as long as the as long as we're not losing services from the WWE Network, and by by any indication that of the press release that I saw, that's not the case. I don't really give a shit. I don't care what app I have to fucking boot up to watch WWE. So now, do you think that? Um, look, I'm one of those people that only uses WWE Network for pay per views. Mm-hmm. I turn it on once a month, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I understand, they do have some really good like documentaries and mm-hmm. stuff like that on there. Do you think that th- those things are going to be hampered? Like, like, um, what was that reality sh- legends house? Or well, whatever? So uh, I, I don't, I don't think you're going to see as much of that anymore. I think, I think they've learned in this, uh, seven years. Can you believe it's been seven years since WWE Network <laughs> rolled out in, in the seven years since that debuted, I think they've learned a lot of lessons about what content works and what content doesn't work. Um, 
you know, thing basically like reality based shows are like kind of peeling the curtain back based shows seem to do the best for them. So like, you know, I think ride along is popular because it's just, it's just fucking telling stories on the road and shit like that with people who like each other table for three is fun because it's three fucking old heads talking about whatever topic du jour is related to them, which is good. Like you said, the documentaries have been really good. Um, what is that series? It's like the day of, they have the 24 seven documentary. They did the undertaker special. And, and apparently part of this deal is that they're going to be doing, uh, a, a documentary the size of like the undertaker documentary, but annually starting next year. Um, so if that's the, if that's the content that works and that's the content they're going to produce, I think this is going to be a big winner for them. Um, this gets WWE in front of more eyes that might not normally see it because now they can get advertised on a platform that a lot of people own for different reasons. Um, yeah, it's I, I think all the way around, even though the initial like your knee jerk reaction is to be skeptical that this is a good thing. Um, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that ultimately this is actually a very good thing. And it also for the sustainability of WWE Network is a good thing because they were already talking about possibly – um, instituting price hikes for WWE network. And at least this way, it's not in their hands. Like I would expect Pe- our Peacock to increase in price at some point in the next year or two with all the services that they're adding. Cause you got to pay for that shit somehow. Um, but that increasing on top of WWE network increasing is not going to happen. And for consumers, that's a good thing. Um, again, the only really downside is that you're condensing more and more stuff into one service. And that's not always a good thing, but I think in this case, it's fine. Yeah, I um I mean look, I already paid ten bucks. If I can pay ten bucks and watch I don't know. Chelsea Football Club, your new your new favorite uh, sports team. So (laughs) there you go. I can actually keep up with soccer or football. Uh and that's how it's pronounced, right? Football. Especially in England. And uh (laughs) and I can and I can uh still get all the same stuff, but more. Yeah, this is great for us. I mean, if you're like, I listen to a lot of like uh, uh, wrestling channels that are based in like the UK because mm-hmm. they love American wrestling. Um, I don't know what it's going to do for them because <laughs> uh, I don't know if Peacock is available over there. Well, I, I, would, ima- I would imagine that it's got to be available worldwide somehow. Like, like, they, they, like they have, I, I can't imagine they would shut out outside of the North American market yeah. to make this deal. But yeah, this seems like a this seems like a win win for the consumer, right? Like I I'm I'm totally fine. Yeah. Let's do it. And it'll be more stable because WD Network definitely had some hiccups sometimes. <laughs> yeah. With with, with streaming, so especially when it's WrestleMania. Right, now. right. And everyone <laughs> and their fucking mothers watching it. So very good. Uh, that is it for the post office. Thank you guys for migrating over to Discord. Uh, again, the cool thing about Discord is that the post office is open all week long. We're not just closed on Sundays. You don't just have to visit the post office during your lunch break. You can submit your questions whenever you want. So again, that's on Discord. Uh, there's a dedicated post office channel that you can submit your questions on. We'll read them on the show. Uh, you can still join the Facebook fan group for right now, densepickles.com slash fans. But if you do, I highly recommend you check out the announcement at the top of the page and come over with us to Discord because eventually the Facebook group is going to go away. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube on YouTube.com slash densepixels. And follow us on Twitch. I am densepixelsbrad. Terrence is at 410. And Carrie is sup. It's Carrie. And that's it. 
That's, That's all it. for us. So yeah, see you next week. Bye.